we're gonna start as I said on the links that I send that today we'll be looking at first Peter that we'll be looking at first Peter and we'll be looking at about three things first of all we'll be looking at the historical background of Peter and we'll be looking at the reasons why we need to look at the historical background in the first place before we study any passage or any book for that matter. And then we'll look at the tools that one needs for one to be able to get such information as the historical background to any book of the Bible for that matter. That will be pretty much about the first session. And then we'll also end the first session by actually looking at First Peter verses one, chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. And then in the next session, it will pretty much be a round discussion, round table discussion with regards to what we've learned, um, how we can apply it in our lives, and also some question and answer so that we can address those concerns or maybe those parts that were not as clear. Let us start with the historical background. I'm just going to share my screen here. Um, share my screen. I hope you can all see my screen. What you're looking at is the software that I use for my own studies, um, thanks to my pastor. I was not very much aware of this of this program, and now I, I'm in love with it. Um, what you're looking at on, on the screen is I've got two windows. It's called Logos Bible Software. I've got two windows. On the left-hand side is what I call a workflow. Now, workflows are things that you can actually um, design for yourself in, in Logos. That gives you sort of a step-by-step on how to do whatever task that it is that you want to do. In this case, that is what I use for, for getting into a study of a historical background of any book of the Bible. And on the right-hand side, you're looking at the ESV, the English Standard Version, Bible opened at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 uh, from the ESV. But before we start with all of that, uh, let us pray so that we invite God to, to be with us in this, uh, in this uh, discussion. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity today, this evening, for us to be able to come together and, and, and study your word and look into your word. May our efforts be glorifying to you and be a blessing to all of us so that we can leave this discussion knowing more of you and feeling the need to be able to obey you and study your word even more. I pray that this session not be the only session that we will be doing, but these sessions continue. But all of this be to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And um, let us continue. As I said, what I want us to look at is the historical background. Now, why do we want to look at the historical background of a book? 
any book of the Bible for that matter. Why do we want to do that? Well, we want to do that because, first of all, the books of the Bible were not written in 2020. They were written 2,000 years ago. And the most important thing is we need to find a way to go back to those days, those times when these books were written so that we are able to find out what were the circumstances, what were the things that were happening around that time that either one caused the author of that book to write the book, two, that could have influenced the way in which the author wrote that book, the language that they've used, some of the figures of speech that they used, used some of the things that they assumed those that will be reading understand. We need to go back to that time. Because if we do not do that, we, we, we run the risk of interpreting of or understanding the things that are written in the book or in the Bible in terms of our own modern day understanding and therefore running a risk of, of getting into a situation where we start, start putting into the Bible what the author of the whatever Bible book we are reading could not even have thought of. Just a very weird example, a wild example, is that there is no way that Peter and Paul and, and uh, um, James could have known anything about cell phones. Now, if our interpretation of their books lead us to conclude that they were speaking about cell phones, clearly we have misunderstood what was happening around the time that they were writing. Now, studying a historical background, the purpose is so that it's a vehicle. Think about it as a, um, what's this movie that's called Moving Through Time? A time travel. Think about it as a time travel. We are moving from 2020 and we are going to the time when the book was being written. And we are saying, what were the circumstances? What was the culture? What was happening around that time that could have, one, influenced the author to write what he wrote in a manner in which he wrote? And secondly, how would those that received the letter how, or the book, how would those that were going to read it at the time, based on what was happening then, have understood? A given example, if I write a letter now, and in my letter I write the word toy toy, in South Africa, we will know what that means in our modern time. We will already have a picture of what toy toying looks like. However, 2,000 years ago, the word toy toying, if it existed, would have not meant what it means now. So therefore, whatever terminology, whatever terms, whatever language, whatever culture that they used then, clearly would indicate what kind of, 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 of words they were going to choose to be able to convey the message. And also, it would have determined how the recipients 
we're going to actually understand those words given the culture of the time. Now, this in a nutshell, we don't have a lot of time for us to go into this, but in a nutshell, a study of historical background is important so that it can take us from 2020 to the time of the writing of the, of the book or of the letter so that we can understand what would have influenced, what would have been taken into consideration when the letter or the book was written. Now, some of the things that I do, um, that, that I've learned, that I do in terms of uh, doing the historical background, you will see here on the left-hand side. The, before, I, before I get into any study of the book, I go and look at the following questions that I try and answer for myself. The first one is, who is the author? The second one is, what is the date? When was it written? The third thing is, where was it written from? The fourth situation of the author, what was the situation of the author? Where were they? What were they doing? What was happening around them when they wrote this book? Fifthly, the purpose of writing. Why did they decide to write this letter? The recipients, who were they writing this letter to? The situation of the recipients, what was happening around the, the, the recipients? What was the situation with the recipients? Where were they? Where are they? Who are they? And then the general situation around that time, what was it like? Who was the emperor? What was happening? What were the rules? I'm trying to figure out any other thing outside that I, have, I might have missed when I'm discussing the author and the, and the recipients. And then I just I do a summary of what I found. And then after that, then I read the whole book in light of this historical background that I've just gained. And then I go back, and if I have chosen a specific passage, like the one that we are going to be doing today, First um, Peter 1, uh, 1 to 2, then I will read that passage in light, in light of that. Now, let's get into where can I find this information about historical uh, background of, of, of the books of the Bible? Well, there are several um, tools that you can use. The cheapest one that I have found um, that really contains enough information at least to give you a start is a study Bible. Now, I've got a study Bible here with me. I'm just going to stop sharing this one, and I'll share that one, and I'll show it to you how it looks like. Um, I've got in front here an Olive Tree Bible study software. This is also one of the Bible softwares that I was, I was using at the beginning before I was introduced to Logos. Now here, you will see that this is the ESV. This is the study Bible. Now, you have the New American Standard Bible study Bible. You've got the Holman Christian study Bible and You've got all sorts of study Bible. I prefer using the ESV 
Um, I know some use the NASB, New American Standard Bible, but there's also the NIV, Standard Bible, New International Version, but all these Standard Bibles, all that they will have in common is the part where they call the introduction. And in the introduction, what you will find is, for example, here in the introduction to Peter in the ESV, is they will tell you who the author was, and they will say a, a couple of words about uh, the title, First Peter, and they will tell you the date, they will tell you the theme of the whole book, um, they will tell you the purpose, the occasion, and the background of the book, and they will give you some key themes of the book, they will give you some history, and they will define some of these things. And they'll even give you a map to see exactly where was uh, the book written, and, and where were the recipients, and, and the general layout of the geographical area. And then, then they will get into the outline of the whole book and, and other information that will start doing the commentaries. But as I say, you can already see that they're giving you the author and the title, the date, the purpose, location, and the background. Now, this gives you enough information, at least as a start. It's not a lot of information, but it's enough information as a start to be able to, to get a a general idea of the historical background of, for example, First Peter. Another example, and I want to go back to, to the other software and, and, and share that with you. Now, another one is here. Now, before I even get here, what I want to show you is, let me just, whilst you are there, I just want to go to this website. And I want to share this with you um, because I, I found this website quite, quite helpful. But what I want to do is, I wanna, on, on the right-hand side here, what you are looking at is what is called the International, the IVP New Testament Commentary. Now, this IVP New Testament Commentary is specifically for First Peter. Now, the difference between this one and the Study Bible is that the study Bible will give you for each book of the Bible. They go through the whole book, and for each book of the Bible, they've got that information that I showed you on the day, the author, the papers, the occasion, and so on. But unlike the study Bible, this one is called a commentary, and it is a commentary specifically on the book of the letter of Peter. They don't touch any other book of the Bible except first Peter. So in this case, they are able to give you even more information regarding, regarding uh, um, the background and, and, and all of those things. Now, if you look at the introduction, as I said, I just quickly scroll there. You will realize that um, they start first with the special introduction. They tell you what the genre and the sources are. They tell you what the author is. But remember, look at how much information it is compared to what I showed you before. This, this is still about the author. And they tell you about the situation of the readers, and they go on about that, and they tell you about the theology of the letter, and they go into that, and then they get into the outline. But this is specifically on First Peter, and it gives you a whole lot more information than you would have got on the ESV. And obviously, it's more pricier. Uh, in terms of, of price and how to buy it uh, as compared to, to, 
to the to the ESV. And you also have uh, what we call encyclopedias. Um, the, those also help in giving you. In fact, they're also quite helpful, like the Barca Encyclopedia of the Bible and, and the Archaeological Encyclopedia of the Bible and so on. Those are very helpful also to give you information. So the more information you want, the more you need to get some of these tools that will assist you in getting that information. Now, Logos, one of the things that I love about it as well is that it has tools specifically designed to get to that kind of information. If, for example, I'm not really selling uh, marketed Logos here, I'm just showing you what I use, for example, the Fed Fact Book. If you go in there and you type in um, first uh, Peter and just click, you will see that already there from your library, it tells you about the author, the date, the purpose, and the background, and, and all of those things. This is one of the things that I love about, about this software. So there are tools out there that you can access that will enable you to get this information. Now, let's actually get into the information because what I want us to go through during these Bible study sessions is I want us to actually go through the book of First Peter. And, and, and we will go through that until we have done all of it. And a step-by-step, verse-by-verse, word-by-word uh, discussion and study on, on, on the book of, of, of First Peter. Now, the first thing that I did is I went to my workflow, which you can design yourself. And the first question that I did, you can write down this one if you, if you want and use it as a base for yourself. And as you continue, you can make it better. The first question that, and then oh, well, maybe before I, I even get there, is that I wrote here, the aim is to identify what was the situation at the time of writing the book that may impact our understanding of the book. Now, the first question that I asked myself is, who's the author? Who wrote First Peter? And after all the discussions that I've, uh, all this research that I've done, reading the, 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 the ESV study Bible, the IVP commentary and other commentaries, like the Bible knowledge commentary and all of that, this is what I came up with. And I'm sure that if you do your research, you might come up with more or than I have here, and we can, we can talk about that. But this is what I was able to come up with. The, it, I wrote here, although there are some debates, it is generally accepted that the letter was written by the Apostle Peter. Peter lived in Capernaum, and you can see that in Matthew 8, 14, where they, 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 and Jesus entered into Peter's house and found the mother-in-law sick and so on. And if you read Matthew 8, 5, which is just before 8.14, you will see that they entered Capernaum. This is Jesus and the disciples. And when they in Capernaum, they went into Peter's house. This is where they found the mother-in-law sick. Now, because he had a mother-in-law, I take it that he had a wife and he had a house. He lived with his mother-in-law. He originally came from Bethsaida, and we see this in John 1.44. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter. And he was a fisherman. Uh, we see that in Luke 5, verse 10. And it says, and also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, 
who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for now you'll be catching men. He was also called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We see that in Matthew 4, uh, from verse 18, he was an apostle of Jesus and one of the twelve. So this is Peter. Peter wrote the book of First Peter. And we now know that he lived in Capernaum. We know that he had a wife. We know that he had a house. He had a mother-in-law that was sick, that was healed by Jesus. And we know that he's not originally from Capernaum, but he's actually from Bethsaida. And we know that he was a fisherman. Um, we know also that he was called to be a disciple of Jesus, and he was an apostle of Jesus and one of the twelve. Now, this is what I found about Peter when going through researches that I felt it was significant for me to record. Now, the issue is you might have so much information. The trick is to know what to record because you don't want to be recording everything and everything and then finding yourself in a situation where, where now you, you, you have pages and pages about who the author is. So this is what I found significant. It gives me an idea of who Peter is and then take it from there. And now, secondly, once I got down to who the author is, I then went to when was the book written. Now, as you would probably know, there's all sorts of debate because no one really knows exactly when the books were written. But there's a general idea of when these books were written. And most of them you will see when they give you a date. It will be from this date to that date, round about there. Um, people that study these things, they, they look at all sorts of, of clues that gives them an idea. And sometimes they even look into the book itself. Sometimes it will tell you this was during the reign of King Hosea or King whoever, whoever. And, and those kings, history will tell you that this was during the date and the day. And then these guys they will sit down and then they will figure things out and then they will come up with the most probable date of when these uh, were written. And there's debates, there's all, all sorts of debates. But in general, looking at all the research that I've done, it appears that most people fall within the dates that First Peter was written between 62 and 64 AD, before or just after the Neronian persecution. Nero was an emperor of, of Rome, and he persecuted Christians, um, really persecuted Christians. And this book is, is, is of First Peter is said to have been written just before or right at the beginning, just at the beginning of the Neronian persecution of Christians. And based on the research, on the tools, this is what I have come up with. So now I know it is Peter who wrote the book. I know who Peter is in, in a nutshell. And I know that Peter wrote this between 62 and 64 AD, before or just after the Neronian persecution started. This is good information. You will see this is good information. When you start getting into the book itself, this comes in very handy. You understand why Peter said certain things that he's saying. Why, for example, he's talking about suffering um, and persecution so much in his letter. This Neronian persecution 
and other things will make you understand why that was the case. Now, once I got that in place, I now went to the third time, the place of writing. I know that Peter wrote it. I know it was just before, just before the Neronian persecution. Now I want to know where did Peter write this from? Well, from the research again, it appears that First Peter was written from Rome, probably near the end of his life. Peter was martyred or died or was killed, it is believed, around about 67 AD. So between 62 to 64, you can see that there was about three years left before he was crucified upside down. So it is believed that it was written from Rome. Now again, it was written from Rome and Nero was the emperor at that time. So now we know it was Peter who wrote it, we know when it was written, and we now know where it was written. Now the fourth point is, what was the situation with Peter, with the author, at the time of writing these books? Now, there was a lot of information here. There are arguments as to whether, I'm just reading what I wrote here, there are arguments as to whether the Neuronian persecution had already started when Peter wrote the letter. We know that Peter was in Rome and would have faced the same situation as Christians who were in Rome. It makes sense to me that, the, to me, this is now my comment, it makes sense to me that the Noranian persecution had already begun, although not on the wide scale as yet. And I'm able to make this statement based on the research I have done. This was at the beginning, and repressive laws were not yet enacted against Christians. But apart from the Neronian persecution, which were probably at the very beginning, and not in all Rome yet, where Peter and other Christians were, the persecution and suffering that Peter did refer to, which they were already suffering, was primarily social and religious rather than legal. A hostile pagan society would slander, ridicule, discriminate against, and even inflict physical abuse on those whose lifestyles had radically changed because of their faith in Christ. Romans viewed Christians, like Jews, as antisocial. Certain charges, charges become so common that they were stereotypical by the second century. Romans viewed Christians as atheists, like some philosophers for rejecting the gods, gods of the Roman people and so on, and other tribes that were living there. They were called cannibals for claiming to eat Jesus' body and drink his blood, and incestuous for statements like, I love you, brother, or I love you, sister. Peter knew that the Iranian persecution was coming, and they needed to prepare. Because I believe that it was already happening in other provinces, but most probably not there where he was, and probably not there where the people were that he was writing to, as we will see later. Therefore, what I'm concluding from all this information is that Peter, like other Christians who were in Rome, was facing social and religious persecution, while the Norinian persecution had already started in other provinces of Rome, but not yet by them. So this is what I came to. So they were not yet facing full-scale persecution from Nero. However, they were already facing 
social and religious persecution, like I said, they were viewed as antisocial, cannibals, atheists, and so on, for refusing to worship their gods. And then I went, now we know who the author is, what was the date of writing, we know where was it written, we know what was the situation of Peter, that when he was writing this, they were facing social and religious persecution already, there were, the, the, the Neronian persecution was imminent, so he was writing this letter in that situation. Why did he write the letter? Well, after again research and so on, I wrote here that the purpose then of First Peter was to encourage Christians to face persecution so that the true grace of Jesus Christ would be evidenced in them. The purpose of the letter is encouraged is to encourage believers to stand fast while they endure suffering and distress in the present evil age. The author, knowing persecution would arise, carefully the author Peter carefully prescribed conduct designed to bring honor to the one they represented. They are encouraged to persevere, knowing that a great reward will be theirs on the day of salvation. Such perseverance is exhibited by living a godly life, living as good citizens, model slaves, gentle wives, and understanding husbands. When believers live in such a way, they indicate that they are placing their hope in God rather than in the joys and comforts of this world. Another way of describing First Peter is to say that those who hope and trust in God and in his future reward will have the strength to endure whatever comes their way in the present. So now you can see that it was this links very nicely to when the book was written. Now you know why Peter would have a purpose of writing to encourage Christians to face persecution. You will understand why Peter would write to encourage Christians to behave during the times of, of, of persecution. You would understand why he would want Christians to look into the future, to what, they are, what awaits them, the future reward, despite the current persecution. This is because, as we said, the situation of the, of, 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 of the author and the Christians that were with Peter was, was already such that they were facing persecution, social and religious persecution knowing that Nero was also coming with his persecution. That proved to be, in my view, one of the worst persecutions uh, to come to Christians. So that was coming. And at present, the Peter's present and the Christian, that, those Christians' presence is that they were facing social and religious persecution already. Now it makes sense when you get to the purpose to see why Peter would have such an intention as to encourage Christians to face persecution, to behave properly during uh, persecution, and to look forward to the future glory, to future reward. Now we know who wrote the letter. We know when it was written. We know where it was written. We know the situation of Peter when he was writing this letter. And we know now the purpose of writing this letter. And we can link it to everything that we've talked to at the top as in the author the date and so on. And then the recipients, to who did Peter write to? Who are the people that Peter 
was writing to. Well, Peter wrote the letter to the Christians in Asia Minor who were scattered in Bithynia, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, and Asia. And just to show you the map of this place, this is where Paul was writing from. He was writing from this place here, from Rome. Okay, and the people that he was writing to were here. If you can see this distance here, they were at this point. He was writing to Bithynia, Christians in Bithynia, Pontus, Asia, Galatia, and Cappadocia. So he was writing to Christians in this area. So as you can see, although the Norenian persecution was already coming to where Paul and uh, to Peter and them were. It was going to come to this because this whole area is the Roman Empire. So whatever was happening here to Christians was coming there. Whatever Christians were facing here, the social and religious persecution was also happening in this area here. So Peter was writing not only to encourage the Christians here, but to encourage the Christians here as well in, this, in, in Asia Minor. So now we know who to who was Peter writing to. And from, from the map, you can see the general locations of the places where Peter was. So someone had to take the letter from Rome and sail all the way, because they couldn't fly, obviously, then. They sail all the way and probably come here to Asia, which would have been the closest place. And when they get to Asia, then they would go to Bithynias and Pontus and probably Cappadocia and, 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 and Galatia. Something that the, the way that the, 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 um, the places are listed in Peter indicates the way the messenger would have traveled. But there's, there's debates. But we know now that Peter was writing to Christians in this area here. And what was the situation of the recipients? What was the situation in this area here? Was it the same as Paul's here? They were not facing Nero's persecution. Not as yet. It was coming, but it was not yet there. Which has started in Rome. However, they were already facing social and religious persecution, like Peter and the Christians that were with Peter at the time. So Peter is sending them this letter to encourage them, to warn them, to comfort them, to strengthen them regarding the current persecution that was already taking place, the social and religious one, and also to strengthen them and to warn them about the incoming one, which was even worse, the one that Nero was bringing. And then after that, now that we know who the author is, when it was written, the date, the place of writing, the situation of the author, the purpose of writing, the recipients, and the situation of the recipients, now we are looking at the general situation. What was the general situation at the time of writing? Well, I wrote here, again, this is all based on research from the tools that I have from, 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 from going through and reading guys, brothers and sisters, if you do not give yourself time to study, you will not come to this information. It's a lot of work. There is no shortcuts. It's a lot of studying. It's a lot of reading. I know a lot of people don't like reading, but 
This is a lot of reading. You really have to give yourself time to come to this. What was the general situation? Well, there was general social and religious persecution. Now we're talking about here, where, where, where the Christians that Peter was writing to were, 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 were staying. There was general social and religious persecution of Christians. The Noranian persecution had already started in some provinces of Rome. Now we're talking here. Peter and Christians were not yet facing the Nero persecution, as well as those that Peter was writing to, who were also facing social and religious persecution. Now we know what the general situation was. Now, summary. And this is what I wrote. Now, the summary of everything that I've done above. I said, Peter is the author of First Peter, and he wrote from Rome around 62 to 64 AD. He wrote the letter to the Christians in Asia Minor, who were mostly Gentiles. This was just before or during the Neronian persecution. Peter was in Rome, and like other Christians in the Roman Empire, they were facing social and religious persecution. This was at the beginning, and repressive laws were not yet enacted against Christians. But apart from the Nero persecutions, which were probably at the very beginning and not in all Rome yet, where Peter and other Christians were, the persecution and suffering that Peter did refer to, which they were already suffering, was primarily social and religious rather than legal. A hostile pagan society would slander, ridicule, discriminate against, and even inflict physical abuse on those whose lifestyles had radically changed because of their, their faith in Christ. Romans, uh, let me find my way here, Romans viewed Christians like Jews as antisocial. Certain charges became so common that they were so stereotypical by the second century. Romans viewed Christians as atheists, cannibals, and insatiates. So this is now what I was able to gather regarding the historical background of what was happening around, around this area where Peter was writing from and where the recipients of the book of First Peter were. We now know that both in, in, in the Roman Empire, whether being it in, on, in Rome or whether being it on the Asia Minor side, that Christians in general were facing persecution, persecution mostly persecution related to social and religious persecution, not necessarily and not yet facing Nero persecution. And we will talk about Nero persecution as we study the Bible, but as we study this book of First Peter. But for now, we know that these Christians throughout the Roman Empire were already facing social and religious persecution. And we know that Peter wrote to them to encourage them and to, to, to encourage them to keep the faith. And if, if, if you go back to the purpose of, of why he wrote it, he wrote them to encourage them to face persecution. He wrote them to encourage them to behave in a godly manner despite 
the, the, the persecution. We know that he, he wrote to them to encourage them not to let the trials and the suffering and everything that they were facing at that time to discourage them, but rather they, they, to, 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 to make them move their focus away from the reward, the future glory that awaits them. But they, they, they need to not concentrate too much on these trials as the beginning and end of everything. They must always remember that at the end, there's an inheritance, there's hope, there's a reward that awaits Christians who endure. So Peter knew that Christians were suffering from these persecutions because he was also in Rome, he was also in the Roman Empire, and he's writing from the vantage point that he knows exactly what the people are going through. And he knows that these those in Asia Minor have not yet experienced or probably even have heard of the Neronian persecutions. And Peter was already writing to them, encouraging them and strengthening them and making sure that they understand how they are to behave despite the, the persecution that was already started and that was coming on their way. Now, this is in a nutshell what I would do. This is in a nutshell the kind of steps that I would take when looking at, 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 at the historical background of a book. Now, I must tell you, and I said this before, guys, you can have all the tools in the world. You can have the best, best software like Logos. But if you are not prepared to put time aside and to study and to read, this information will simply lie in your tools but it will not be useful to you. It will not be useful to you if you don't make time to read, if you don't make time to take notes as you read, take notes, some, anything that you feel is important, write it down, write summaries, summarize at the end, find out who the author is. It's very important to know who wrote the book. It's very important to know when the book was written. It's very important to know where it was written. It's very important to know what was the situation. And you've seen the situation, how important the situation is. Because now we know what was happening in, in, in Asia Minor as Peter was writing this letter. We want to know why Peter wrote this letter. No one just writes a letter for the fun of it. He, he, he had a reason. And now we know what that reason is. Just doing the historical uh, study. And the, the, we want to know who the recipients are. We want to know who is Peter writing to? Is he writing to a church? Is he writing to a specific person like Paul wrote to Philemon? Or is he writing to a group of people? Who is he writing to? Why? What was the situation of those people? What prompted Peter to write to these people? How would these people have understood Peter's letter? And we want to look at the general situation around that area. What was happening? What are the things that... that would have influenced or affected the, the, those in Asia Minor, those Christians in Asia Minor, to, to, to understand uh, this, this, this thing. Another important thing that I also wanted to mention is, although the, we know that the recipients were in Cappadocia, and one of the things that you can ask yourself, which I didn't mention here, is that were these people Christians? Were these people Gentile, Christian Gentiles, or were they Christian Jews? Or was it a mixture of them? Because it, it, it affects how 
for example, Peter would write to them. If he's writing to the Jews, he will probably quote a lot of the Old Testament, he will probably quote a lot of the, 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 the Jewish traditions, he will quote a lot of the prophets and so on, which he knows the Jews would understand. But if he's speaking to Christian Gentiles who have not read the Old Testament, then probably have never even seen it. He would not speak about that. He will, he will, he will channel the way he would write the letter so that they can understand what, what he's talking about. So in a nutshell, this is what you do when you do a historical, historical background. Now, I did not think that this would be this long, but uh, I hope that it was worthwhile and I hope that it, 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 it was important so that we can set the scene before we even get into First Peter. We at least now have an understanding of what was happening. We have an understanding of why it was written. We have an understanding of the circumstances under which it was written. Now, we've gone so far 57 minutes, almost an hour, and I don't want us to go more than an hour, otherwise it becomes, it becomes too long. But in a nutshell, what I would ask from you to do before our next week, before next week, Tuesday, we will have these sessions every Tuesday at 7 o'clock evening, and we will go through the book of First Peter. Now, before we get to next week this is your homework yes there is homework and the homework is i want you to see what what of these tools you can get and i want you to then do your own research see what you can come up with take these headings who is the author date place of writing situation and all of those and you can even create your own headings try and apply what i've done today and see what kind of information that you come up with. And then when we meet in the question and answer and this roundtable discussion session, we can then discuss some of the differences and then we can have those discussions uh, going. But for now, we have gone 58 minutes and I believe this would be a perfect place uh, to stop. Just please be aware that this takes time. Please be aware that this takes a lot of energy and you need to put that energy in because studying scripture is very important and shortcuts do not yield good results, but perseverance and hard work is the only way to go. I hope today was a blessing to you. I hope today was beneficial to you. And I hope to see you again next week, 7 o'clock p.m., when we will continue now with the book of First Peter, using this historical background that we have, we will get now into First Peter and start to look at verse by verse, word by word, until we have finished all of First Peter. Thank you for attending, and thank you for putting time aside to come and listen to the Bible study and to attend the Bible study. I apologize that we couldn't have time to, to discuss and, and allow for questions. But for now, this is Tepo Mafata signing out. God's word undiluted, and this is the crossroad. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that we have had this opportunity to 
look at how to study your, your word, to look at what kind of studies we are to do if we are to truly understand your word. Help us to understand this, help us to be able to apply it, give us the strength and the courage to do the work that is required so that we can get more out of your word, so that we can understand more of your word, and most importantly, that we can apply it to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good night.